All right. You guys feeling good? You ready? Feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Feel scared. <laughs> you should be. This is a horror podcast. Halloween. Everyone deserves one good scare. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <clears throat> no- nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And I made him watch a horror movie, but this week, for the first time ever, ever, with a very special guest... Tim. Hey, what's up? <laughs> How's it going, Tim? It's going all right, man. All right. So since you're our first guest and it's your first time on the show, uh, you want to talk a little bit about what your experience with uh, horror movies is? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, horror movies, man. If I had to say it like as basic as possible, I was traumatized as a kid <laughs> and like that built a like everlasting, you know, amazement with horror films where it's like chasing the scare, chase the scare. I want yes. the scare. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, we could probably jump further into that later, but that, that's what it is in a nutshell. So uh, this week we picked one of the best horror movies of all time and what happens to be Tim's favorite horror movie. Oh, yeah. All time. We watched John Carpenter's Halloween. The first one, not the remake one and not the other remake one the first halloween <laughs> Wait, did, did john, there, did, there are three movies called just halloween did john carpenter do those two he did the score for the one that came out last year oh yeah he produced it i think that, too that's one of the questions i wanted to ask did he so he did all the music this for it, was right? just him ah. yeah it's all him and, and a synthesizer keyboard that's so cool because all the time i was like yeah this is amazing yeah he's great <laughs> I, you know, I had heard a story that he was like, oh, the timing doesn't make sense, but it feels right. So let's go. with Yeah, it. yeah. I guess like his mom was like a music teacher or a composer. So he was literally just playing scales on his keyboard and like set it to like spooky and was like, there it is. All right, cool. <laughs> That's the score. OK, <laughs> so is, that like, is that like turning it up to 11, but turning yes. it up to spooky? <laughs> exactly perfect and now we all know how to <laughs> compose a horror movie <laughs> send it to spooky pretty much i mean <laughs> it's amazing so what is your familiarity with halloween guys well i mean it, it's my all-time goat so i've seen it probably a thousand <laughs> times although this this viewing i learned something that i didn't ever put two and two together i don't understand why what did you learn? <laughs> well, so I learned there's a scene where Lori and her friend Annie, Annie, I know things. <laughs> yes. Lori and Annie are in the car and they hand each other what I thought for the longest time was a cigarette. Because yeah, earlier they're just smoking when they're yeah. walking from school. Yeah. So that's that's like the thing. Like, oh, we we smoke cigarettes and like you smoked all my cigarettes and you should buy a pack. Like the dialogue early on is set like, oh, we smoke cigarettes. And then just now we're sitting there watching and I'm like, wait a second. Is that a joint yeah, that they're passing? That's why they get so scared when they run into uh, Annie's dad, who's the sheriff of the town. <laughs> yeah. See, man, I, I just thought like, oh, like the doll, like don't let my dad catch us smoking. <laughs> nope. It's such a layered movie. You learn something new yes, every time. Every time. 
and this was my first slasher ever. <gasps> oh, yay! This yeah. slasher is my favorite genre of horror, so I'm very excited. Yeah, <laughs> and all I knew was the mask, like the Michael Myers mask, not the Jim Carrey mask. <laughs> no, uh, and that's all I knew about it. I didn't know anything else. All right, other than uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, because she's great. Yeah, 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 she's great. Because I did, I did see trailers <laughs> for the remake that came out with her in it. But that's but, about it. But it got rid of all the continuity. So you never know what was going to happen in this movie, man. <laughs> was there more continuity? There are six, five sequels, two sequels in a separate timeline, and two movies in the Rob Zombie reboot timeline. And then this new one's a direct sequel just to the first movie. The most recent one. And Makes also sense. one of the sequels, they wanted to turn Halloween into an anthology franchise. So it has nothing to do with the Halloween movies. What was that number three, right? Yeah. Season yeah. of the witch where they want to make masks, murder children. We don't talk about witches here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not oh, watching that. My one. bad. <laughs> we're not cursing this one. Um, was it the last episode that we talked about Rob, Rob, yeah, Rob Zombie did yeah. these? Uh, I think we talked about it on our Thing episode. Yeah, so yeah. it's Halloween, is this? Yes, and John about. Carpenter okay. does not like the Rob Zombie remake. That's right. Yeah, he That's like, talked, talked like about. mad shit, but in the most delightful old man way. <laughs> where he was just like, I don't know, I still get paid either way. You guys should remake all my movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we learned during the Thing episode. Yeah. We love John Carpenter. Yeah, he's, he's the best. Great. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I listened to that one, actually. I was, I was getting a kick all out right. of that conversation. That was funny. And now you're here. And now I'm Only here. Three episodes later. <laughs> yeah, right. Getting on early on the yes. ground floor. Yes, let's just uh let's jump right into the plot of this movie, guys. So the movie opens with that amazing long take. Which I was like, oh, this is cool. It's like Michael Myers. And then when she called him Michael, I was like, was that the dude's name? And she thinks she's he's the dude. And then it was a little kid. I was like, oh shit. It was her brother. I didn't know that. <laughs> Origin story. Yep. Which was not expecting. Yeah. Yeah, that that first like long shot oh, that you were amazing. just talking about. It's like, is that not the like spookiest, eerie? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Well, and this movie had like no budget, so Carpenter just said like where we're going to put the whole budget is into our equipment so that this movie doesn't look like a cheap movie. So he got like they're only like the third movie ever to use a steady cam. Hmm. He put literally like like half their budget into like, no, we're renting a steady cam so that we don't have to smartly like so that we don't have to pay for like tripods and stuff and him and dean cundy just spent like a week going up and down through this house dean cundy was the cinematographer Hmm. also of the thing in jurassic park they literally just spent a week like going up and down in this house blocking it out and it worked out like it's amazing i had read somewhere that like even wardrobe like um jamie lee curtis like bought her wardrobe at jc penny i think Mm. the budget of this movie was only like like sixty thousand dollars, I think. I mean, in in nineteen seventies money. Okay, it was actually a budget of two point five million. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, I didn't think it was that high. I thought it was like a couple hundred thousand. Mm. But maybe this is maybe what I'm looking at might be adjusted adjusted for inflation. Oh, right. But even so, that's still like that's not much of a budget for like a movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that's what I was thinking this whole time watching it was thinking back to the thing and like, man, this must have been a smaller budget because they don't yeah. got to deal with being in Antarctica <laughs> and like or Alaska or whatever they it was. Literally, like rented two houses. Yeah, <laughs> the the best story about this as we jump forward in time and it's fall now, fifteen mm. years later. Um, you know, it's supposed to be set in Illinois, mm. but they filmed it here. <laughs> so they literally in, in California where we all live, um, I should say. <laughs> they filmed it here in yeah. existence in, in our house. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, it, it was a uh, Pasadena too for a lot. Yeah. Wasn't it? Oh, was yeah. It? yeah. So if if you look in the background, there are palm trees uh-huh. like just past like the street they're filming on. <laughs> oh. And to get all the brown like foliage because they were filming in like summer, they literally got a bag of leaves, painted them brown, and after every shot, they would have to run around and collect all the leaves again and put them back in their bag recycling yeah so they could be like no it's fall we promise is there uh in the credit somewhere professional raker i think it was just john carpenter <laughs> <laughs> real team player a man of many talents yes so we're going to pasadena to find the house now right oh 100 i've been we're to gonna the be house. those people ah oh, is it's, it amazing oh man it's so it's weird because Lori strode's house and the myers house are in two different areas so really? we, yeah, so mm. we went, and not like super far away, but right. we went not to Lori's. Not the same block though. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not. That's and we, we went to Lori Strode's house and it's cool, like on the, like the porch, like the, whoever owns the house now, like leaves pumpkins out and it's like, feel free to take pictures. That's pretty like, cool. Yeah, they, they know what the, what their situation is. <laughs> but the weird thing about the Myers house is that the, the house itself was actually moved and I think it's like, hmm. I don't know if it's down the street or across the street or something. It was something like that. Um, so it's not in the same area. And also huh. it's right next to a metro line. So like <laughs> you, it's like in this awkward position where you try to take a picture of the front of the house, but you're almost standing on the tracks to get your photo. You know, it's I, very weird. Well, <laughs> I think they've, I've seen that because I know they do. Um, I don't know if it's yearly or like what but they usually do like a halloween themed like little convention where like artists like sell their stuff there and they have people dressed as michael myers and stuff that's so cool and i in the video there's a guy dressed as michael myers waving at the metro going by (laughs) (laughs) there's also the other michael myers that got hit by the metro because he's standing in the tracks yeah well you know gotta crack a few eggs what (laughs) can you do that's funny uh, sorry i wanted to ask you guys a quick question because i was sure, just yeah. i was just thinking about this so the low budget like like i mentioned the thing about the wardrobes so if you had to bring like some clothes out of your closet to film a movie like what's your best outfit uh, i guess it depends on who you're playing am i playing like teenager number you're, three you're playing, in this? yeah you're like, playing like like bob i mean i need some giant glasses <laughs> and a nice button up then right i mean i gotta have my priorities straight if i'm bob <laughs> yeah i mean are we one of the main characters or background characters that's up to you man because <laughs> i mean if you're a background character you gotta blend in a little bit but if you're a main character you gotta bring out all the flair <laughs> you gotta have funny glasses for michael myers to put on it's true it's true because he's a funny guy you know he's playing pranks got a good sense of humor that mikey <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i he is austin powers after all mike myers yeah. and whatnot so yeah. we, we all should have known wait but. this was a bi- biopic <laughs> this whole time on mike myers. Into Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> by literally breaking yes <laughs> um so fall 
Oh, yes. So they had to fake fall. And uh, so throughout the movie, you can just spot stuff that's like, oh, that's clearly Pasadena. <laughs> Which is weird because I work in Pasadena. So I'm like, I, you I didn't know, rec- man. Yeah, I didn't, I, it didn't click with me. Like, I knew it looked familiar. Yeah. But again, it was like the 70s. So it's way different back then. I guess that's true. Yeah, it kind of always just looks like Whittier to me. So. We're getting real California now. <laughs> California's <laughs> California. <laughs> it just looks like the suburbs. That's the important thing. Yeah. Right? Well, they nailed that then. Yeah. That's yeah. what they were going for. They nailed There it. was some houses in there. It's true. Houses, some white people. It's the suburbs. Yeah, there's family and children all lined up in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that introduction, Loomis is the best. Loomis is the worst <laughs> fucking doctor of all time. But he's a pretty good investigator. <laughs> he was, is he? <laughs> he did more than the cop did. So, I mean... That's, that's fair. That, that cop was a little bit useless. Yeah. He, I I really want to make you... Have you watched any of the, the like sequels from the 80s, Tim? Oh, yeah. So, you know how like nuts Loomis goes in the sequels. Oh, yeah. Like, if in this he's like, I'm this stately, older British actor, you know, I'm Donald Pleasance, I was in James Bond, I, you know. What's with everybody being in James Bond <laughs> in the, the movies 70s, we watch? Man. He was their big get, because he was uh, Ernst Stavro Blofeld. He's like the guy that they based uh, Dr. Evil on. Oh. Like, petting true? the cat with one eye and so everything. Mike Myers. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all connecting. It's Inception just now. <laughs> So he gets worse. <laughs> if in this, like, he just dramatically delivers monologues straight to camera and he's like, oh, wow, what a good British actor, you know? Yeah. The next movies, he does not stop yelling from two onward. <laughs> he is, like, turned up to, he's turned it up to, to, to spooky, if you will. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was like, wow, that's really cool that they have kind of like this meta, like, character talking in like a monologue voice right, right. And, and everybody else is just like what are you it, talking about it wasn't meta yet because they were inventing it yeah i guess that's one of the things like watching it now is cool yeah. no literally halloween 2 opens with him like yelling at the top of his lungs like i shot him six times <laughs> and he never brings it down from there he stays there for the rest of the series oh that's great because i know i've seen like a lot of like horror uh artists and merchandise and stuff and they name it like loomis or whatever yeah so i know yeah. it's like a thing well and, and it's part of the legacy of this movie john carpenter for halloween was very influenced by uh hitchcock and especially psycho mm-hmm. and there's a character in psycho named loomis oh, so yeah. this character was named after him and That's has led cool. to a number of fan theories that he's the guy from psycho who helped catch norman bates right it's and now he's grown up to be a psychologist and he's like it's happening again <laughs> Well, spoiler alert, I haven't seen that one yet. Sorry. <laughs> Can you scrub that from the yeah. we'll scrub from Zach's brain? But I'll delete it from the podcast and it'll just go out of my memory. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, by the time we watch that, I'll forget for sure. <laughs> but yeah, Donald Pleasance is the best, man. Yeah, he was cool. Um, and then all the, and then it got it cut to all the stalking like yes. of Michael uh, Myers. Mike Myers, played by uh, Nick Castle, 
who um, I believe just helped around on this movie. And he's actually a pretty famous writer and director in his own right. Mm. Uh, He co-wrote Escape from New York with John Carpenter. He directed The Last Starfighter. And he directed the Dennis the Menace movie from the 90s. Mm. What? Yep. Classic. (laughs) I mean, he's the classic menace. (laughs) (laughs) He he really understood him deep down. (laughs) The whole time I'm like, how do you not see him? Oh, everything in the background, the way they use the like the panavision of the camera. Like he's just there. Yeah. And like the kid was just like walking, like, man, those other kids are dicks and not even thinking about there's like man's driving yeah. right next to him it's yeah it's terrifying like that that's what makes this movie like keep you on edge throughout yeah. even though you don't realize it is because subconsciously or well you caught it the first time consciously you're yeah. seeing mike Myers. like when the cops are like investigating the story broke into he's like parked across the street yeah just like hanging out with the mask on <laughs> that yeah because like he didn't take it off the whole time yeah and yeah Cause that, I think that really added to it. Cause the whole time I'm like, he's right there. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they really nailed that. Like also they show things from like when you guys are talking about when the kid is walking and it's in the car, like yeah. you, the camera's in the back seat of the car. Mm-hmm. So you get that like perspective of like, it's almost Michael Myers' perspective, but not quite. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not the psycho killer, but you can kind of see you're watching the psycho what's going killer, on. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. Cool. You're like his accomplice. Exactly. Like, as the audience, <laughs> yeah. we are not put in his shoes. We're just there with him and we can't <laughs> stop him. Like, Which is weird because in the very beginning of the film, you're in you're, you're in his perspective. Yeah. So you're in his shoes. Well, but... Couldn't you argue that that's like when he like snaps and now we can no longer relate to him. So we're just next to him from then on. He's no longer the camera. We're just there with him. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. I like to think Carpenter thinks that way, but he's probably just like, there was no room in the front seat, dude. (laughs) We didn't have a budget. It was a big camera. (laughs) This would probably look cool. Yeah. (laughs) But from there. One of Nancy's friends yells at him, and from then on, he's like, "Oh, so you three are my targets." Yeah, that like the randomness of it is terrifying. Yeah, when like he just like pumped on the brakes, I was like, <gasps> "Yeah, you dead, you gonna die?" Because <laughs> because I I knew she was gonna be the first one because he kept like looking at all of them specifically yeah. Lori, but then like <laughs> he he saw her go in the house and just turned his head and was like, "She gonna die?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the the three girls, of course, played by um, Nancy Loomis, plays Annie, and she Loomis? yes, I know, right? What? It's just her stage name too. What? <laughs> I believe also she is married to um, Tommy Lee Wallace, who edited the movie. I yeah. thought you were going to say Tommy Lee. I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> how old is Tommy Lee? <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis plays Laurie Strode, our, our our lead and final girl. Which I, I haven't seen any other ones, but I think she's going to be my favorite. Oh, she's the, she's she is like the best final girl. Yeah, like, she invented it. Like, yeah, she like like that. That's the thing is like people always try to argue that slashers kind of existed before Halloween. They say like, oh, you've got Peeping Tom and Black Christmas and Psycho. But those movies are all missing, like just little pieces. Like, mm. there's no final girl. Yeah. There's no what I, you know, what some people call like the final girl circuit where she runs through the house and discovers all the bodies. 
like all those little pieces are missing it's sort of like when people talk about like oh who invented punk and people are like oh it's the stooges and it's like no it was the ramones the stooges were just missing something mm. you were like right there but all you needed was like oh no no guitar solos <laughs> like now we've invented punk music <laughs> now we've invented the slasher now that analogy is completely lost on me, but I'm I, sorry. I get it. I also, think I just enraged so many people on the internet. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but they all probably think the Sex Pistols invented punk, so they can not be my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just here. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good analogy for you. I mean, um, <laughs> I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just. Like there's just just that little thing yeah. missing, and then it's like bam, like it just clicks, and yeah. that's why like everything after Halloween just wants to be Halloween. Mm. But so Michael Myers starts stalking him, uh, and we also get to go back to Loomis because he's the best, <laughs> just being like he ate a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was just thinking the whole time. I was like, why is like the police or some why is this random doctor dude right the one like investigating because well, he's the only one who really believes that michael myers is a threat everybody yeah. else is like i mean he stabbed his sister but that was when he was like eight he's been like in the hospital his whole life he can't do anything and he shouldn't know how to drive right. gonna get there? Yeah. well he was doing just fine last night because <laughs> like and also like there's a ton of other patients just walking around is nobody like getting them like what's going on loomis has other concerns <laughs> like being a bad psychiatrist and saying the word evil way too much when talking about mental health <laughs> you know not until this very moment i didn't think oh yeah that guy's supposed to be like trying to help him he's a psychiatrist <laughs> he's, he's got some bad views on mental health <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't think about that i just looked in his eyes and i knew I couldn't help him. <laughs> You're a terrible doctor. <laughs> I don't like Loomis anymore. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> There's a big community on on Reddit that agrees with you there. Yeah, he's he's the best and the worst all at once. <laughs> you know the the fan theory about Loomis, right? What's Is the that, fan that he actually caused the shape or Michael Myers, whatever you want to call him, to be what he is, because he really? got him as this little kid. And he's supposed to like help him and take care of him and you know, Teach rehab him. Not him. to be violent. <laughs> and then he's like, nope, that kid was evil. And I just like shut him in and didn't let him do anything and turned him into a monster. And now he kills people. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, your little kid just killed your sister and some bald dude is just like, you're evil. <laughs> well, imagine if like you took another kid's toy and Donald Pleasance walked in and was like, there's no helping you. <laughs> there's no helping you. Like, nope. <laughs> that was a rough childhood being that kid, that guy's kid. Are we like connecting with the serial killer right now? <laughs> is this we are. <laughs> this is how Rob Zombie movies happen, guys. <laughs> um... What happened after that? Well, from there, he we cut back to Michael, and now he's going on the offensive, and he's breaking into houses, leaving, stalking people, leaving them traps, and then he finally gets Annie and takes her out in the car, but he does it at... Like, I think Michael is either an idiot 
Or like an evil genius. Because he's like, well, she just told everybody she's leaving. So if I go now, no one will know she's missing. All right, I got to time this just right. I mean, that's what I was waiting. Like that entire scene where she's just like doing her laundry and this and that. I'm like, what are you waiting for? Like, she's right there. (laughs) And then he kills her in the thing that makes... A loud, loud noise. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's home. It's Halloween. There are people home. These didn't wow. care. Yeah. No, well, that's, that's the other scary thing, right? Nobody's home except for all the people across the street. Yeah. <laughs> that are like, oh, there's a car horn going off. Whatever. <laughs> I'm busy watching the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's the thing. So <laughs> that, that, that was the coolest, like seeing the thing. I was like, ah, I know that now. I, I didn't want to tell you about it. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, does he have more like Easter egg stuff to look forward to in other movies or anything? I mean, some stuff kind of references other things, like maybe, but mm. nothing that direct. Mm. And that's only in there because that's his favorite horror movie. Mm. Is the thing from another world? Yeah, because this is the fun part about like this podcast and watching horror movies. It's like yeah. all that little stuff that connects it together. Well, and it's such like a tight community that even when it's not the same director again they reference each other's movies and they give yeah. each other shout outs or like a character will pop up. That's clearly from another franchise. <laughs> it's great. Cause they're like all friends. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so she dies. Yes. She dies. <laughs> yes. It's sad kind of, but they're kind of dicks. Yeah. That, like I like, I like their interactions early on. Cause I was like, Oh, this is how teenagers like talk to each other. <laughs> like, I, I, I was the same way, but then Annie came and I was like, yeah, she's a dick. I don't care. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, oh, I forgot. Um, also, yes, the third friend is uh, PJ Souls, who I love. She's from uh, Carrie and Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. Don't know either of those. You're gonna watch Carrie. Don't worry. Cool. <laughs> Another classic. It's really good. What Tim? What do you think about like should in a horror movie mm-hmm. the people that are gonna die should they be annoying or like should you care about them oh man i think it depends on the type of horror movie mm-hmm. right yeah like something like like a uh like a real quick slasher like let's just rip through kids to yeah, get like a gore Friday on the screen sequel where you're like i don't even know these people's names right like, but then also like a lot of those movies like they don't resonate as hard as when you yeah. build the value and you're like connected to a character um i think maybe too like watching this like when it came out or when we were younger and didn't know what like modern day teens interact like it probably was like oh yeah i had a friend just like that oh yeah so you relate to that more yeah okay yeah because well i mean the smartest thing about this movie is that john carpenter didn't write any of the female characters uh deborah hill his producer co-wrote the movie with him so they came up with the plot and then he took the dialogue for like Donald Pleasance and was like, I got this. <laughs> and she was like, okay, I'll write all the like teenage girls so that you don't mess it up. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Speaking cause... of dialogue, do you guys want to hear my impression of uh, Michael Myers? Yes. <sighs> it's almost Darth Vader, but very subtle. It's yet to be very specific about you it. You got to throw a grunt in there yeah, every yeah, now and yeah. then. Like... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it's great because the visual right now. 
all I hear is my NMS <laughs> mic, and I just see your eyes from behind the mic. I don't hear anything. So like, Hold on, let me take out my Michael Myers mask real quick. You gotta get the character. Tim's mask. Do you have any knives? <laughs> no, Tim, stop grabbing the knives. We told you this. Uh, last time you're on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was uh, nice knowing you guys. <laughs> But yeah, because I was thinking about that, like the likability of the victims, because Blair Witch, I wanted them to die the whole time. But that's like the <laughs> point of that movie. Yeah, but like this, I was like, oh yeah, like uh, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, I want yeah. her to live. Well, I th- I think you can have a healthy mix of both things, sometimes even in the same character, because later on, like like at first, like you're kind of like, oh, Annie kind of sucks. But then later on, like they're hanging out, they're talking. Mm. It's like fine. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're friends. That's nice. Yeah. They're driving around smoking a joint, <laughs> you know, like you do. <laughs> it's the 70s, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where were we? In the so movie. Uh, PJ Souls, the other yeah. friend and her boyfriend, Bob, go to the house and Michael kills them in my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> when, <laughs> when he just oh, when he pins him to the wall, that's the best. Man. Like at first, I was like, "Wait, can a knife do that?" But then he does the head tilt, and you're like, "I don't care." Well, because <laughs> I was like, "That's kind of dumb." And then you're like, "But look at that!" And then it was the shot of him like hanging there with Michael Myers just standing there. I was like, yeah, "Okay, that's it's worth, worth it. it. Like, that's cool." <laughs> I mean, Michael Myers also like teleports in this movie, so <laughs> knives can do that. It's fine. Yeah. Bob was scrawny. It's okay. <laughs> if, if it's like, if there's a, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief if it like results in a cool shot. Yeah. Or, like there's Rule a payoff. Of cool, right? Yeah. If it pays off. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I actually have a question about this. So you just mentioned like t- Michael Myers teleporting. Uh huh. So I've like the, sh- you guys remember the show 24? Mm-hmm. So I never watched it. But I, I, know I it never is. watched it either. And the reason I didn't watch it was because this show took place. I was like either in LA or New York, yeah. like a really busy, like known for its traffic. Mm. And each episode is supposedly like an hour in real time. Right. Yeah. And he saves the world every single episode. We live in LA. We can't get anywhere in an hour. <laughs> No, I think he saves the world for the course of a season. Okay, it's so one day period. Okay, so that's so. that's totally fair. But okay. <laughs> how are most of these episodes not yeah. him in traffic? Yeah, it's just him angry. Cut back to the terrorists. Like, oh, I'm gonna win. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and this has been three dudes who've never seen Twenty Four <laughs> yeah. talk yeah. about Twenty Four. Someone <laughs> just yelling in yeah. their car, yeah. like you've never seen the like, show. That's not how it works. Kiefer Sutherland's an American <laughs> hero. <laughs> the reason I mention that is because what I like about this movie is that it takes place over like two days yeah. like a day and a half mm, yeah right so even though like there's some questionable like how do you get around that corner or be- from behind that bush right. without us noticing i do appreciate that it's like it makes you feel like you're sitting there through the night with them mm-hmm. yeah like while they're doing the trick-or-treating and like making popcorn and watching movies you kind of sit there and you feel like oh i'm in this moment yeah. with them rather than jumping in time and like okay now it's tomorrow and somebody else is gonna die yeah right. yeah because i guess the thing didn't dump, jump around a lot either yeah the thing's pretty i think it's literally like they pick it up and the next day everything happens yeah yeah because so, I, I mean it's hard to tell because they're inside the whole time but. yeah 
because I haven't I haven't seen enough of these movies yet to be like. I'd say like most of them seem to happen typically over like the course, of, especially like slashers over the course of like one night, you know, because mm. how could or, or one person a couple sustain of days. it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. A couple of days of build up and then one night of like, bam, everything like goes wrong. The slasher yeah. gets them. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he teleports around. Yes. And so then he. Steals Bob's glasses and a sheet. And pretends <laughs> he's wearing a costume. That was my favorite scene. <laughs> Again, is he an idiot or is he an evil genius? Is he like, what's this do? Like, they don't let me have sheets at the hospital. I'm just so excited. <laughs> but then he had the genius to put on the glasses. Yeah. Like, and you said he doesn't have a soul. <laughs> Damn it, Loomis. He was just playing some pranks and having fun on Halloween. Um, yeah that's kind of another like classic thing that has come out well you'll find out as you watch more horror movies but like the idea of I don't know that it's the killer under that sheet or under that mask or behind that door Mm. because I think it's the person that I know it should be Yeah, Mm. that was like an amazing shot in this movie and then kind of just gets because you just know you're like don't don't let him in the room don't let him in the co-close that door yeah. man she's even hitting on him like <laughs> <laughs> I, when she was asking for uh her beer i was waiting for mike omires just to like chuck it at her or something <laughs> kind of like uh once upon a time yeah once upon a time <laughs> I was like waiting for it. What confused me about that too is that like up until that point, Bob had not shut up. Like he had so much to say. And then it's like, like, hey, Bob, welcome back. Oh, silence. This is weird. Like there was no like. Well, I figured she was probably like, oh, you're trying to creep me out because it's Halloween. Yeah. Or or she's just like, at worst, it's like one of my friends, you know? Yeah. So it's probably my boyfriend who I want to hit on. Or it's <laughs> my friend, and I'll be like, "Oh, sorry, you know." Like, <laughs> yeah, she was letting everything hang loose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had the glasses on, so it's gotta be Bob, right? Well, I think that's yeah, it's the whole disguise. That's it's all like, you need. It's like Clark Kent just take his glasses, and all of a sudden you're Superman. <laughs> People aren't smart, Zach. <laughs> Especially in these movies. Yes. Well, as Tim brought up too, they're oh, yeah, so that, high. I, I liked your new theory. Now you know they were high. Yeah, that they're just doing. Dumb oh stuff. yeah, they're just doing dumb, dumb stuff because they're high. Yeah, like like the scene where where um, Annie, I think it's Annie, is yeah. in the kitchen, and she's like, "Hey, get this dog out of here!" Yeah. But like, not <laughs> making any attempt to do anything. Like she's just like, "Get this dog out of here!" Yeah. I'm too high for this. <laughs> like that's that I heard that at the end of every sentence. Like, like no, there's no boogeyman. I'm too high for this. High for this <laughs> that makes so much more sense of just like there's no I don't want to deal with this right now. I'm too high. Yeah. And why just then the second up. something actually does happen, she's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the the face. The I guess face. I'm not too high for this. Um that scene when Jamie Lee Curtis finds everybody. Oh yeah. It's the final girl circuit, man. Yeah. She's making her way through the marathon track. That's so cool. Yeah. And she's got the tombstone up on the bed. Yeah. It does raise the question of when did he have the time to do this? He teleports. I guess. <laughs> like, 
That's a heavy ass headstone, though. <laughs> he's a big dude. Yeah, he's, he's unnatural. He's evil. Right. I, I guess that's what they're trying to say, right? Yeah. Um, I also like the gravedigger is like, damn, these kids, <laughs> they're stealing headstones. And he didn't realize that it was the one he was looking for. <laughs> yeah. He had to take a second. <laughs> it should be here. Where's the headstone? Oh, wait, it's oh. the one we're looking for. <laughs> 1920. Oh, my bad. Because <laughs> uh, right after that, because you got up and the scene where she's like standing next to the dark doorway and all of a sudden his face appears. I was like, that's yeah. the coolest yeah. thing ever. They know how to John Carpenter knows how to compose a shot, man. Yeah. That there was a lot, a yeah. lot of shots where I was like, this is such an intentional shot and it's yes. so good. Well, and the, cause the steady camp, like everything is just slow, steady movement mm-hmm. that like never breaks. You just follow it. It just ratchets up all the tension because yeah. they don't have to cut. But now Michael Myers just goes full blown like, well, you're the only one left and I'm going to get you. But, but he didn't sp- plan on her being the best. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. She ain't going down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because at first he got her in the house. Yeah. And then she got out. Leg. And then she didn't get him until the needle. Yeah. That was the first time she got him. Right. Yes. Yeah, cause and then she grabs the knife, and I was like, "Dude, that's so smart! I didn't expect that from a horror movie." And then she just drops it. <laughs> I was like, oh. "But you, especially because like now slasher movies exist, even within the movies, if they leave the weapon behind, you're like, oh uh, yeah, why would you do that?'" But then when this was really like the first one, mm-hmm. yeah, she thought he was dead. She's yeah. traumatized. She doesn't want to hold a thing. She just killed some guy. Yeah. With. She doesn't even know this guy. Yeah. And she's too high for this. Yeah, she's way <laughs> too high for this. <laughs> what if there was a line where she just dropped a knife and was like, I'm too high for this? <laughs> Fuck, we're the Cheetos. So, so could you watch this movie kind of like how you do um, Rocky Horror Picture Show where there's a whole like like viewer dialogue as well at the end of every sentence they're like i'm too yeah. high for this <laughs> that would be amazing we should start that um yeah and then he gets up because of course he does yeah uh, and he just keeps coming yeah and i love the the best when he's getting back up is after she gets him with the hanger and he's like down for the count mm-hmm. she, she gets him with a hanger in the eye she stabs him in the stomach and she tells the kids, like, just go across the street. I'm going to wait for the cops. It's fine. And, like, as she stands up, he just stands up behind her, like, round three, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was, was that, that the Undertaker rise? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I missed it. So I've seen it so many times. So it's like, I'm okay with not, like, viewing it. But I was yeah. doing it. It was in the middle of that drawing thing you guys had <laughs> me do. So I missed, like, the whole end sequence. But the the Undertaker like oh, sit up, man. Sits up. Oh. oh man, um, yeah, that was one of those intentional shots. I was like, yes, there it it just framed perfectly yeah. for him just there, to. There's a reason Dean Cundy has an Oscar for cinematography, like. <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, that was another thing that I was like, oh my god, that's so smart for a horror movie when she like opened the door to the outside and then ran into the closet. Yeah. I was like, damn, Jamie Lee Curtis, get it. And then she stabs him. She's the best final girl. She right. is. Okay, this is 
something that I don't know how I feel about, but I think with how intentional this movie is, I think it might have been intentional. Somebody was writing about this from um, like feminist film theory viewpoint, Mm -hmm. and they pointed out that the final girl has kind of, especially in like more recent years, very much been reclaimed as like the strong female hero. And so somebody pointed out like, oh, well, Deborah Hill has like right after Roe v. Wade has the female like hero fighting the evil man with a coat hanger mm. and sewing needle and knitting needles Whoa. which were used for back alley abortions and then she stabs him with the knife which is like the sub in for a phallus or whatever and i'm like yeah i think they're that smart i like to hope that that's what it means like wow that is so deep <laughs> Never thought of that before. Again, like, I'm sure John Carpenter would be like, she didn't tell me that, but yeah, probably. She was a smart lady. I don't know. Like, <laughs> she, She's just, like, planting these right. things in the yeah. shots. Like, trust me, John. Yeah. Someone will get this. <laughs> You'll thank me later. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. Yeah. I, I just, it just leads even more to, like, they're just good at this. Yeah. <laughs> ah, man. Before their time. Yes. And then finally, Loomis shoots him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like just gone. 700 times, too. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> empties that clip, man. What a great doctor. Yeah. What and if he had just turned into an action movie hero and he's like, I've got your medicine right here, Mikey. Because <laughs> that's what I was expecting him to be like try to talk to him since he's a psychiatrist talk him down or something and then have to shoot him (laughs) but not who's just like (laughs) but zach you're forgetting that he has black eyes the devil's eyes there's nothing behind them (laughs) he's evil (laughs) he has no sense of humor wrong yeah loomis doesn't know shit (laughs) he doesn't know michael like we do (laughs) uh and can we talk about like the score and like the oh, audio because that was amazing yeah. so famously john carpenter has scored almost all of his movies with i think two exceptions one of them being the thing of course <laughs> but this was the one that really made people go like is john carpenter like a musical genius <laughs> and the answer is yes because yes. <laughs> yeah. like i love it in movies when like an audio cue will like yeah sync with like something like well he didn't write any of the music until they had completely edited the movie Mm. um and in fact they showed it to one of the people they were trying to pick up as a distributor and they were like this is the least scary movie i've ever seen and john carpenter was like all right well i'm gonna sync the music to it next week come back and watch it when i when i sync the music Mm. and decide if you want to put it in your theaters and the guy came back watched it was like you're a genius (laughs) this is the best horror movie i've ever watched I don't know what you changed in the editing, but you did a great job. John Carpenter was like, I just added music. That's all you need. Like, That's amazing. Yeah, because like not only the iconic theme that kept playing, but then oh, like little stingers. synth and like oh, so whenever good. he pulls up the knife for something. It's just, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just I love it. I love it so much. You're a musician. What did you think of the music? Man, you know, it's, it's funny because I... It's one of those things like we were joking earlier, like, all right, turn your cell phones off and then made a joke about like, unless it's the, you know, your ringtone is a Halloween theme song. And I was like, oh, I kind of do have that in my settings. <laughs> it's it's one of the like iconic, right? You have like the exorcist is another big iconic, even um, like uh, 
Friday the 13th has a pretty iconic yeah. score or you know theme or whatever you want to call it. But this one, man, the way it lines up, like you were saying, Zach, where mm. like a knife pull has a certain yeah. you know, chime. But also like, and I'm not an audio, like audio editing guy. Like I just write music and I know what sounds good to me. But some of the scenes where they were like, like a car, like when the tires screeched, mm-hmm. it didn't just sound like screeching tires. It was kind of like a, oh, like you feel it when he yeah. screeches the tires. You're like, oh, sh- oh shit, what's going to happen next? <laughs> and there's a lot of that like really intense like they keep everything else so quiet that when a noise does come out it really pops you know right but they're also not trying to and uh, you know this was before you know horror films were like overplayed and overdone but they didn't try to like just scare you at every moment they had they used them like very wisely yeah yeah in uh making this movie actually a producer approached john carpenter it was not his idea. The producer just said, I really liked Assault on Precinct 13, your first movie. If I can get the money together, can you make a horror movie for me set on Halloween? Because no one owns the copyright to that word. Mm. And make it about uh, scared babysitters. And John Carpenter went like, yeah. So he went to Deborah Hill, who was his girlfriend and his producing partner at the time, and said, what do you got? And they just came up with the whole concept, wrote the script in like two weeks. <laughs> and made one of the most iconic movies of all time. No big yeah, deal. Easy. Yeah. They're good at yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> They're just good. Like it's crazy cuz he was so young too. Like all of them, all the people that worked on this movie with him, he knew from like film school. Mm. So like even Nick Castle who plays Michael Myers, the shape in the credits. Mm-hmm. He was like I think at first just going to be like like an art director for the movie or something. And then he was like, "Oh, you walk weird." <laughs> like literally like Nick Castle has talked about he's like yeah John said I, I walked different than anyone he'd ever seen he said I'll give you 20 bucks a week and a case of beer every week to be Michael Myers in this movie and he said yeah not realizing he was gonna have to do stuff like jump on top of a moving car because <laughs> there were no stunt doubles in this movie <laughs> fall out a window yeah it's all him <laughs> With no training. He's just like, I wanted to be in the art department. <laughs> this is my art. Yeah. <laughs> does he continue to play Michael Myers? Um, he does not in most of the sequels, but in the one that came out in 2018, he plays him for, I think, two or three of the scenes where he interacts mm-hmm. specifically with Laurie Strode. Uh, as like cool. a fun callback of like, oh, yeah. we put these two actors back together. That's awesome. So. Um, that was the one thing that I think that's the one thing about this movie I didn't like is the fact that they showed his face. I think that's very deliberate too, in that he's just a dude, mm. which John Carpenter has said, like, we thought about like, oh, do we give him like kind of a, a scary face? Do we make him look deformed in some way outside of the eye that just got stabbed, mm-hmm. which obviously has to be messed up. And they sat- settled on the call that they put out for actors, which was, um, we need someone handsome, borderline angelic Mm. who just looks like a dude. Mm. Cause that's scarier than a monster is. No, this was just a guy doing all of this to you. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. That's the other thing to me about this too, is that like, if you think about like ghosts, ghouls, goblins, things, Mm -hmm. but this is just a dude with a knife. Yeah. yeah, and a mask, like that is so insanely scary. Yes, yeah, I, that's why it's it's my favorite subgenre. Yeah, 
Yeah, because like that, because my least favorite horror movies and like the ones that really kept me away are like the spooky old ghosts are throwing stuff around the room because it's <laughs> like some of those are good. Some I, yeah, I'm sure, but it that's like just my thing. I'm desensitized to that, so where I'm like. They're just throwing stuff around, like right, it, whatever. <laughs> but it, like stuff like this, where it's like really cool shots, and it's just a dude with a knife. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's you, cool. If you took away the teleporting, this could yeah. just happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, that's the message of the movie at the end when they just play the breathing over the shots of the suburbs. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about because there wasn't supposed to be a sequel. Mm. John Carpenter never wanted there to be one, but they were like, "But we'll give you like a bunch of money." <laughs> So, because this movie on its like two million dollar budget in its initial run, like the summer, the like fall it came out, made like twenty five million dollars. So the producers were like, "Well, we have to make more." <laughs> uh, how was it received when it came out, like critics and stuff? Um, I believe at first, like nobody cared because it was just some indie movie. Mm. And then um, a handful of critics, um, like uh, at the Village Voice, and then perhaps most famously Roger Ebert. Mm. Roger Ebert said like, this is the best horror movie since psycho it's touring around the country right now. You have to go. And then all of a sudden the movie just blew up. I'm like happy about that. But then I'm remembering, uh, how nobody liked the thing and including Roger. Ebert. Yeah. I mean, at least his criticism was like relatively fair where he was like, I, you know, the effects were really cool. Carpenter's a good director. It's just not a good movie. Yeah. You know, like I just didn't like it. Well, because um, how you're saying like how how much it must suck like making just a big movie like that, right. and then Your trying to film. like, yeah, and then trying to like match that. Yeah. Ah, uh, John Carpenter's still the best. He's he's just a good dude. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> are you, Tim? Are you familiar with John Carpenter like outside of his movies? You know, honestly, not a lot of them. Like, I know he's done a couple, like, big name, you know, films. Like, there was one with, um, well, actually, I was going to name the thing just now, but yeah. that wasn't it. <laughs> a lot of Kurt Russell. Yeah, so, Kurt Russell's in a bunch yeah. of them. That means they're all good. Yeah. Um. yeah. If you went down a list, honestly, like, if you gave me a list of 10, I'd probably seen two or three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched very many of them, but I've watched this one a bunch. This one's, it's It's the iconic one, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's the reason for the season. <laughs> it's <laughs> Halloween. Uh, anything else? Um, John Carpenter does hate um, all of the sequels to this movie, including the two that he wrote. <laughs> oh, no. He does not like Halloween 2, and he was disappointed with what Halloween 3 wound up becoming. And then he said the only one of the other sequels he saw, because he was not involved with any of them, was Halloween Resurrection. To which he said, I don't know, for some reason Busta Rhymes was in it. I'm not really sure what the fuck was wrong with them. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? Oh, that's going on the list, by the way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've started like a Halloween marathon before the most recent one came out. Because then at that time it was like timeline canon. Um and how many times I came up to like most of them and like, Oh, you know what? We don't need to watch this one. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I first saw the Halloween movies cause AMC used to do uh, Halloween marathons every Halloween. They'd play all the movies just all day. 
it was awesome but a lot of them were really bad uh, so <laughs> man and then you just wind up getting confused because of the timeline thing because one two four five and six are all one timeline mm. three is the one the season of the witch where it's its own separate thing <laughs> and then halloween h2o and halloween resurrection are sequels that take place after halloween 2 and ignore four five and six and then rob zombie did two movies in his remake universe and then last year's Halloween is a sequel only to the first movie. Did, did, you, <laughs> did you say Halloween H2O at a certain point? Yep. Yes. Halloween Water. It's uh, what? <laughs> uh, Halloween 20 years later. They put it out on the 20th anniversary oh, of Halloween. H20. Okay. Technically, the title of the movie is Halloween colon H2O colon 20 years later. <laughs> Sounds like, did they go underwater? What? <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. Well, we can watch the newest one yes at some point because that sounds fun <laughs> it's supposed to be very, it's the only one i haven't seen i'm like saving it for a rainy Wait, day you haven't seen i know one? and i'm a huge halloween fan so i'm like terrified like what if okay. this one's bad too so <laughs> on the next episode of tim makes matt and zach watch yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll have to have you back for it man yes yeah. Yeah, I have a request too. Do you guys have Child's Play on the list anywhere? Yes. I believe we do. Because that's my competing number. That's like the number really? one and a half or two. Child's Play is actually the the movie that got me. Really? When I said traumatized, that was the one. <laughs> Matt, can you do a, um, a a Chucky laugh? I mean, you just do a Jack Nicholson impression, right? Like... Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> do it. <laughs> All right, that was, that was pretty good. All right, so let me, let, me set, let me set a scene real quick. I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. I should have done this at the top, but whatever. We're doing it. So I am probably, I think, four going on five, maybe five going on six, somewhere in the, those couple of years. And I've got this babysitter named Jillian. Shout out to Jillian. I don't know where she's at now, but hopefully she's definitely listening to this. Hopefully she's doing the thing. Um, so the plan is when dad gets home from work, Jillian and myself are going to watch Child's Play. All right. I've never, this is my intro to horror. I am so excited. How, how old are you? I think I want to say four, but I could have oh, been up no. to six. Wait, so you lived what happened in this movie? <laughs> is this uh, the setup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I grabbed <laughs> a knife. I stabbed my sister. <laughs> no, Tommy. <laughs> The oh, kid right. yeah. babysitting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's yeah, like, I just want to carve pumpkins. I don't like this. <laughs> yes, Jillian was my Laurie Strode. <laughs> no, so I'm super excited and I can't wait. And dad, dad is like late. He's getting home late for some reason. So Jillian decides as, which I thought she was like this older. She was like 14. She was only mm. a, a handful <laughs> of years older than I was. Um, but she's like, we'll just put it on. Your dad should be home any minute now. And the way that the TV is set up, the TV is against the wall that's opposite the front door. So we're faced, we're facing away from the door and mm. the door is behind us on the couch. No. Yeah. Disaster. So we get a little bit ways in. So you haven't seen Child's Play, correct? No. Okay. I, I won't, I'll try not to spoil anything, but there's a scene in a school. Do you yes. recall this? Okay. We're in this part of the movie. My dad gets home. Opens the door, realizes we're already watching the movie, 
and proceeds to get down on his hands and knees and crawl in silently commando, <laughs> like commando moves so we don't know he's in the room now. Your dad's a hero. My dad does the best Ch- Chucky uh, laugh impression I've ever heard in my life. Uh, also, I may or may not have shit my pants <laughs> because from behind the couch comes Chucky's laugh while I'm watching Chucky oh, as a no. four-year-old kid scared out of my mind. But after that moment, I was obsessed with horror movies. Like I had to watch horror movies because my dad made me shit my pants. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> so you went the opposite approach of being scared from not watching any of them again to that was awesome. I want to shit my pants. It was so amazing. I need to shit my pants again. Please help it's me. It's like again. going on a roller coaster for the first time. Yep. You're just like, well, I liked that. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So both of you like fell in love with horror from like an early age. No, I did not. <laughs> I oh, did, yeah, I that's had the right. shit your pants moment. And then I was like, never again, Ooh. never again. Yeah. I didn't start watching horror movies until I was like 19. And then I was just that's like, these right. are amazing. That's right. Where have I been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't allowed to watch any of it. So like I just grew up not experiencing any of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. There's one more thing we have to do on our podcast, though. All things can be tied back to Quentin Tarantino, guys. How do we tie Halloween to Quentin Tarantino? Oh, man. Besides the fact, like, oh, he's a big John Carpenter fan. Like, that's the easy one. Well, you know everything, Matt. How does it? So is this like a six degrees type of situation? We've or? done that, or we've like thought about like, oh, I heard Tarantino say once that you mm. know he likes this movie. Or wow, I would not. I don't think I'd be able to do that one. <sighs> yeah, I couldn't find anything on that. The thing we tied it like the score was written by uh, Ennio Morricone, who also did like the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and. They used pieces that they cut out of the thing movie formed the score for part of Hateful Eight. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was going to say, oh, I heard that on a podcast, but it was your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. I almost we said that. We made it. We made it. We made it. Oh, man. Someone has, our podcast hasn't even been out yet. And somebody said, oh, I heard that on a podcast. <laughs> well, I had to do my research before I came on here. I don't know what I'm walking myself into. That's awesome. That's so funny. Um, I mean, I already tied it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Boom. We tied it to Tarantino, guys. <laughs> you really wanted him to throw that can here. <laughs> we did it. Yes. Uh, All right. I think that uh, wraps us up for, yeah. for Halloween 1978. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. It that was, was an awesome. absolute pleasure, man. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Well, yeah. And thanks back. for making me draw. I can't wait to see how All that right. comes out. Oh, so yeah. Excited. By the way, in fashion, Matt drew oh, yeah, Michael I Myers, the and then I'll be drawing Lori. And then special guest Tim, he drew Michael Myers on the police sketch. Yes. Yep. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not good. I'm not an this artist. Is, but. It, I was pleasantly surprised. It's my interpretation of Michael Myers. (laughs) There is artsy. Uh, Matt, where can everybody find you? Uh, You can find me on pretty much everything as I Draw Paintings or on my Facebook artist page, Matt Mears. Where can everybody find you, Zach? Zach Shirk on everything. Instagram, Dribbble. uh, Oh, also follow Supermoon, which is the studio that we're putting all this stuff out on. Uh, Hey, Supermoon on Twitter, Supermoon Studio on Instagram. 
And I think that and super moon with an exclamation on YouTube. You can find our podcast on there. And Tim, what do you want to plug? You can find me on this podcast. <laughs> Mysterious. Yep. Yes. Yep. So yeah. if you want more Tim, come back later. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't find him anywhere else. He's our exclusive. You can find yes. me wherever I'm hanging out in physical form. So don't do social. And with that, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. And everyone's entitled to one good scare. <laughs>